The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Busy, Stressed, and Food Obsessed with host and author of the award-winning book of the same name, Lisa Lutan. Lisa has amazing tips to help you slow down, get healthy, manage your time, improve your relationships, and deal with stress. Now, here is Lisa Lutan. Hey, everyone. I am so excited about today's show. Let's face it, we live in a world of celebrity obsession. We're obsessed with their clothes, we're obsessed with what they name their kids, and we're totally obsessed with what they eat. And I am so guilty of that one myself because as a healthy lifestyle coach, that's what I do. I help people eat healthier. And I actually think about this stuff all the time, just finding little tips and ways to make it easier for people to eat healthy. So you might not know this, but I live in Boston. And we are very into our sports teams here in Boston. So it's no surprise then when an article came out in the Boston Globe last year that talked about the daily diet of our favorite quarterback, Tom Brady, of the New England Patriots, and his gorgeous supermodel wife, Giselle Bunchen. And I'm so sorry, Giselle, if I pronounced that wrong. I really tried. Um, anyway, I was so excited to see what they eat. And I was so not disappointed because they eat really super clean, plant-based, whole food diets, which is exactly the same thing that I promote in my courses. So this was really exciting for me, but then it got really, really interesting. And first, I got an email from my son, who I think read the article on Barstool. And he said, hey, mom, I think you'll like this. And then clients started sending me this article. And friends started sending me this article, and it was really clear that this article was going viral. And the question I had was, why exactly is this article going viral? Was it because people thought that eating this way was extreme? Were they shocked that celebrities like Tom and Giselle, who are at the top of their respective games, are eating this way? Are they starving themselves? You know, so much came up about this. It totally hit a nerve. And so today we are so lucky because we have their personal chef, Alan Campbell, here to learn about what they eat. And so learn also what we can eat so we can look like Tom and Giselle. (laughs) I wish. Anyway, just kidding. But, you know, we will learn lots of tips about how we can be at the top of our game in our life and also in the kitchen. Before I officially introduce Alan, I want to let you know that I really do love talking about this stuff. And anytime you want to talk about healthy living or eating, please drop me a note um, on my website, healthyhappyandhip.com. Again, healthyhappyandhip.com. You can sign up for my newsletter. And I promise I will call you back. Now, let's get to our guest, Alan Campbell. Alan is a professional chef who began his career at age 14. 
His clients include top athletes and performers, and he is regularly hounded for advice on meal planning, recipe tips, and general food education. I am so honored and excited to have him on the show today. Welcome, Alan. Welcome to my show. Thanks, Lisa. It's great to be here. It is so exciting to have you, and I'm so excited to talk about this topic. But before we delve into that, I have five questions that I ask every guest on the show. They're going to be super easy for you. But if you might humor me with answering these first. And question number one, Alan, what did you have for breakfast today? This morning, I usually have a smoothie. So today was another smoothie. It was just banana, uh, blueberry, walnut butter, Chia seeds, hemp seeds, flax seeds, uh, fresh aloe, turmeric, and just water. And I just I blend that up, and that's that's what I have. Pretty big, pretty big amount. It's about 30, 32 ounces. Pretty big smoothie. Yeah, that sounds awesome. Yeah. I think you might need to post that recipe somewhere for us. That sounds really yeah. good. <laughs> okay, so Alan, what is your favorite form of exercise? Um, personally, I focus on. Uh, quick workouts, like 30 minutes and I'm out. You know, it, 10 years ago, I probably did things differently. Uh, today, looking forward to longevity and just maintaining a nice, healthy, lean body. I, I just, in and out of the gym, in just a few minutes, I do something explosive. Um, I like, uh, like, L-sits to really strengthen my core. Pretty minimal with the cardio. Um I'd rather do really hard things for 10 minutes than something easier for 30 minutes, you know? So that's what works for me. Like high interval training, that type of thing? Yeah, yeah, but not as, uh, I don't really keep my heart rate up the whole time. Um, I just tend to burn calories really fast. I can burn calories just sitting on the couch, so I, I personally just stay away from anything uh, that's going to burn too many calories. Cool. Very cool. Question number three, what is a habit that you're trying to either break or add to your life? Um, as a young entrepreneur, and now I'm on this path of, you know, starting my own business and building a brand, I've just, been, like I just said, that I have a pretty fast metabolism, pretty motivated. I can, uh, I can do many things at once. Um, but I've, I've realized that you know, all the different elements that go into building a business and a brand on your own, uh, I realized that I, I lack in certain ways. And even motivation, being self-motivated and just trusting the process and having faith along the way. And uh, there's a lot of fear that comes up and different emotions around building a business and a brand and really believing in, in yourself. So, yeah, just overall boosting my own confidence, staying self-motivated, staying positive, not letting the, the fear creep in. Um, that's pretty much where I'm at today. I love that. I think we all can use a little bit more of that in our life, that positivity, yeah. positive thinking. Yeah. And, and along those lines, my next question is, how do you spend the first hour of your day, which is so important when you're doing all the things that you're doing? I'm sorry, what was the question? How do you spend the first hour of your day? Oh, how do I spend it? Um, so I'm pretty consistent. I, I get up, um, I have a ritual where I journal and I read, I read something usually about wellness or spirituality and, uh, you know, I just, this journal, the journal piece is really important to me just to let that be the first thing that I do to kind of 
flush out anything that might be there and just kind of get myself that much further ahead of the, of the game. And then I make my smoothie. I have some green tea or some other type of tea. Sometimes I do a little bit of work um, and then I go to the gym or sometimes I'll just go right to the gym. Mm-hmm. And then I come back and depending on what's on the schedule for the day, I just kind of go about my day and uh, my meals are pretty consistent. So I always have those lined up. If Sometimes there's a little bit of prep involved in the morning, but I always make sure my meals are lined up. So cool. And, and listeners, I hope you caught that, like taking time to journal, taking that time for yourself and that, you know, those practices are so critical, getting off to a good day in a grounded way. Love that. Yeah. And and my last Ask Every Guest question is, who is someone in your life that inspires you? Um, I mean, I, Tom and Giselle, I was with them every day for two and a half years. Um, and they, I have to say, they really, really, really inspired me and motivated me in, in a way that I, I've never been before. Um, I've always been a fan of Tom's, but getting to know them on a personal level was really, really special. And it, it did, I have to say, like it, it motivated me, um, to really just move forward and really believe in what I do. And, you know, it's, it's just, yeah, it's both of them equally. I have to say at this point. Wow. And that's a great lead in because let's talk about how you as a a chef starting at 14 years old ended up being the chef for Tom and Giselle. Like how did that happen? So I started young. I started working in the industry basically, you know, just to have some money in my pocket to buy my own car and to have clothes and stuff. Just like every teenage kid, I started working really young. Um, even nine years old, I had like a paper. So I was always a worker, you know, and, and I did it in the beginning cause I, I could make money doing it. I started working at Boston market and, you know, and then I went to a technical high school and I took culinary arts there and that's when, you know, it took some time, but I stayed with it and the chef was like, had to let me know that like, Alan, you're really talented. You should go on to culinary school, um, to college and, at that point in high school, I had already worked in like three-star hotels and a couple different restaurants. Um, I already had experience in, in a little bit of education from high school. So I went out to college, and then I just chased every big chef in Boston. I moved back to Boston, where I was originally from, and I just worked under all these chefs and mostly traditional, you know, high-end steakhouses and, um, you know, French, Italian, all different types of cuisine. And then, so I did that for a while. 2009, I went to Miami, and I, um, I went to Miami, and I worked in a hotel for uh, three and a half years. And it was in Miami where I had this, this epiphany to really change my lifestyle, my eating habits. Um, then I got laid off from the hotel that I was at in Miami. The hotel went under renovations, and I got laid off. And I just told myself, like, I wanted to really teach people how to eat this way. And I, as scary as it was, I became self-employed. It's kind of like where I'm at now. But back then, I just lived with a friend on her, like, sun porch for, like, nine months. And I gave up my gym membership. And I just really lived very minimally. And I just told myself, like, I don't want to work in another hotel. I want to cook the food I want to cook. I really believe in this. I had already been blogging and really passionate about what I was doing. 
anyone that would listen, I would talk to them about goji berries and God knows what else, kale, you know? And <clears throat> so that's what I did. And I eventually met some people and we did an event in Miami as a plant-based chef. And through that event, uh, Sacred um, Conscious Bite Out, I met um, their previous chef. He was a friend. He was the ex of the founder of the event. And she's like, you guys are really very similar chefs. You should just meet, have coffee. And we just met. I had no idea who he was. We just met to have coffee because we were cooking very much the same way. And he's the one that brought me in. He told me, Alan, I have these clients. And mind you, I'm in Miami now, but I'm from Boston. So it was just very coincidental. And he tells me that he, uh, he, wanted, he loved them, but he wanted to open a restaurant. So he asked me if I would consider filling in for him for some time. And so I filled in for him, and then he gave his notice. And they asked me to move to Boston to be the chef. So it was very just sudden, came out of nowhere. I wasn't expecting it. I had other, many other plans in Miami to, to build a brand and all this stuff. And um, yeah, so that's how it happened. That's so cool. And what I love is like, yeah, you said yes. You just put yourself out there. And, you know, when you put yourself out there, great things tend to happen. So yeah. kudos yeah. to you. That's that's really cool. Now, I have so many questions. But one thing that kind of um, came out, what you just said was, I guess it was around 2009, you said you started to get really healthy. Were you not eating yeah. healthy before that? And, and what triggered oh, no. that change for you? No, I was not at all. I was typical chef, you know, I had just opened a high-end steakhouse at the hotel I was in, um, like lots of obviously steak and mashed potatoes with like a lot of butter and mac and and I was eating all this stuff I was making, I was eating it. Health wasn't in my thought process. It was, I was just a slave to my job, really, and I was, I uh, quit smoking cigarettes uh, just before that as well. I, I smoked cigarettes along my journey. So, no, I wasn't healthy. I would do, like, random workouts here and there, but I was not living a healthy lifestyle at all. And so one day you just decided? Sorry, how did that transition Yeah, I had some friends that I met in Miami that started to plant seeds with me, and they just talked to me about different stuff. And, you know, being down there, there's a lot of health-conscious people, and it just kind of rubbed off on me in a big way. And I just kind of, although it took a little while, I was there for about a year before I started to change. Um... You know, that lifestyle down there, it's it's pretty easy to just jump into a healthy one. You know, it's beautiful weather all the time. It's For me, it's very motivating to have the sunshine every day, and you see a lot of people that are into fitness and this healthy food, and, you know, so th- that's really how it happened. And did you start just adding healthy foods, or did you start by taking away unhealthy foods? You know, the first thing I did was a, a cleanse. I did... Um, me and two of my friends did a raw fruit and vegetable fast. Was, they have done them before. I was the only one that it was my first time. And it was after that cleanse that I really like opened my eyes to what I was eating. So, yeah, that was the first time. And then I, I through trial and error, I, I realized what works for me. I tried to eat like a bunch of raw food. And then I tried to eat, you know, only vegan. And I really bounced around with like, I had to figure out what works for me. I love that, again, because that's so important. You know, what works for one of us doesn't work for all of us. And experimenting right. with different ways of eating, I think, is so, so important, you know, for all of us. Yeah. So where did you end up, you know, now? Like, how would you describe your diet now? So I really um, I just have a really strong plant-based foundation. 
you know, and it is, it is seasonal living up here in a four season climate. I do eat more heartier foods in, in the winter and the colder months. Now it's getting cold again. So my fridge is like stocked with bone broth and I'll make a lot of soups and root vegetables and stuff like that. And in the summertime, there's like not much meat at all. Definitely no red meat. Um, it's, it's just, it's lighter, you know, I'm still getting protein from beans and grains, but, um, it's much lighter in the summer and the spring. So it's always primarily plant-based, whether it's no matter what time of year it is, but in the, in the colder months, I just focus on heartier foods more hot food, more soups, maybe a little bit of red meat or some venison, um, stuff like that. So I, I just have a pretty, you know, my diet ranges from, Raw to cooked, you know, it's like the whole spectrum of cooking and eating. And so mostly seasonal. So in the summer, you're eating the greens. In the winter, you're eating the heavier root vegetables. Now, did that come about from your study of Ayurveda, or was that just something that you kind of stumbled upon? Yeah, Ayurveda, and looking at um, the benefits of a plant-based diet, you know, Mm -hmm. through like Dr. Campbell and different documentaries that I've read. Dr. Campbell is at Cornell. Um... And I just see the benefits of a plant-based diet, and not just for our body. It just happens to be that what is good for the body is also good for the environment. And mm-hmm. it just really makes sense that we, that I should eat much less meat, you know, and really focus it on the, on the plants for the nourishment and the nutrients and, and the long run of, you know, our topsoil and, and the planet in general. So it's just, um, yeah, that's basically, from the beginning, it's always been, I know I need to focus more on eating plants. So, so true. So we're going to be going to a break very shortly. I'm speaking here with Alan Campbell, celebrity chef, former chef of Tom and Giselle. And we're talking about benefits of plant-based diets, eating whole foods, all sorts of things. We will be taking callers after the break, and I urge you to call in. And um, we'll be back shortly. Hang on. us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Are you a busy, stressed, and hungry go-getter who knows what to do to get healthier but has trouble doing it? The problem with popular diets is that they were designed for other people, not you. Sure, they might work for the short term, but for the longer term results, you need a plan designed specifically for your unique body and lifestyle. How about the stress in your life? Do you ever stop and take a deep breath? Do you know what all this stress is doing to your health? Healthy living strategist and author of Busy, Stressed, and Food Obsessed, Lisa Lutan will get you on your way with coaching, online courses and challenges, and even retreats. You will learn tips and strategies to help you calm down, get healthy, and make you feel and look better than ever. For a limited time, Lisa Lutan is offering a free 15-minute breakthrough session to help you get started feeling better right away. Just visit HealthyHappyAndHip.com to get your free 15-minute breakthrough strategy session. That's HealthyHappyAndHip. Yes, you heard it right. HealthyHappyAndHip.com and enter your info in the contact page. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. You 
You're listening to Busy, Stressed, and Food Obsessed. To reach the program today, please call 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. Feel like sending an email instead? Send it to Lisa at HealthyHappyAndHip.com. Now, back to Busy, Stressed, and Food Obsessed. Here again is Lisa Lutan. Welcome back to the show. I'm talking today with celebrity chef Alan Campbell, and we're having a great conversation. Alan, I want to mention that article, you know, in the Boston Globe that went so crazy viral. And tell us, you know, how that article came to be and, you know, what was the reaction after it came out? They had asked me to uh, just interview about, you know, a day in in the life of Alan. They were interviewing different people in the city. They interviewed the... the uh, mayor's like chief of staff and they interviewed different people in the city and they just wanted to know about their day. So that's originally how it was brought to me. You know, it wasn't really brought to me in the way that it ended up coming out. Um, and yeah, I just, I didn't expect it to go uh, viral. I, I just didn't, I'd never done anything like that before. And I was really busy at the time. I was just working a lot and I just kind of did it just something that I did really quick. And, um, yeah, so it was just, it kind of just happened so fast. I wasn't expecting it. And tell us a little bit about what was said in that article about the way Tom and Giselle eat that really sparked such a, a, you know, an interest, I think, to say the least. Yeah. So I think, um, any, any athlete or really anyone that comes out and says that, uh, they're eating a plant-based diet or primarily a plant-based diet, um, it has that shock factor. We just live in a society where it's almost taboo to not eat meat, especially if you're uh, an athlete or, or a man or, you know, in general. Just uh, So that alone is, is um, can have a shock factor in some people. Um, and then there was uh, some nightshades that we stay away from because they can cause inflammation. So that was something that was new and people weren't, weren't aware of this. A lot of people weren't aware of this, although it's been known for a long time. Uh, that's something Can that you was tell different. people what nightshades are? Because some of our listeners not, may not be aware of that. So nightshades are a group of vegetables that include tomatoes, eggplant, peppers, white potatoes. Um, and they basically have an alkaloid in them called solanine that can cause inflammation in some people. Uh, a cousin of this group of vegetables would be like belladonna, which is poisonous because of the same reason, you know? So some nightshades are so poisonous that you can't eat them. And then these nightshades are obviously edible, but still have a little bit of that alkaloid that can just cause inflammation as opposed to belladonna would be so toxic that we could die. So it's just really being aware of like, if we really want to stay anti-inflammatory, like maybe we'll look at those things that can cause inflammation. And do those cause inflammation in everyone or just in some people? No, it's just some people. Yeah. And how would someone know if those, if they are one of those people? So from what I've read and researched, it's when you have symptoms of arthritis and you have joint pain and you have inflammation, um, your doctor might tell you like remove nightshades and see how you feel. And some people will show uh, a difference. The symptoms will get better. 
So really, that's as far as I know, it's just about the elimination of them to see if the symptoms get better. And so was Tom Brady dealing with those symptoms? Is that why you took them out of his diet? I didn't take them out. He was, he was eating that way before I came along. Yeah, he was already out of his diet, yeah. Mm-hmm. Got it. And so, again, I think another thing about the, what was so interesting about the article was just really, you know, what they ate in a typical day. And can you walk through, and not necessarily what they eat, but what somebody on a plant-based diet would eat in a typical day? Because a lot of people don't really know what that looks like. Uh, like I said in the article, it's mostly a plant-based diet. You know, it's a lot of, um, it's very similar to the way I eat myself. It's a lot of um, fruits and vegetables and nuts and grains and seeds. And that's really the root of it. And it would vary from more raw in the summer and the winter and summer in the spring and more cooked in the fall and the winter. So what would a dinner look like in a plant-based diet? Plant-based diet dinner would be balanced with protein, carbs, and fat, um, and it would have all those micronutrients and phytonutrients from all the vegetables, um, probably some rice, maybe maybe a legume, uh, lots of green. I think mostly the half the plate should be green, in my opinion. Um, I personally like to have some like toasted seeds on there, some toasted nuts. I love avocado. So those things are what you might find on a dinner plate. So is this, are you always preaching a vegan diet for your clients? No, no, I never say vegan. I, mm-hmm. Like I said, it's a primarily plant-based diet. So plant-based is like just the word plant-based itself means it's just the base of, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's primarily plant-based, but there's animal protein that trickles in here and there. So I'm, I'm never one to preach in general, but um, certainly never to clients. Right. And people ask me all the time, well, if I'm eating that way, how am I going to get enough protein? And especially when you see an athlete who is going to need a lot of protein, how would you respond to something like that? Um, There's a lot of protein in in plants. Um, And it's cleaner protein. You know, it's not inflammatory in the body. And it has fiber and it has antioxidants. And it has the other elements besides just protein. Um, And we really have a misconception of how much protein we actually need every day. Uh, there's just, there's no need to have an upwards of 200 grams of protein every day. It's just, it's just silly. Um, so you never hear of anybody being protein deficient. You know, it's just not an issue that we have. We're not lacking protein in our diet, but it's, yet it seems to be the first thing we think about when we think about a meal. So it's, uh, yeah, it's just going to take time for people to realize that uh, this protein in everything. This protein, a little bit of protein in most plants and grains and a lot in uh, beans. And it's just a matter of knowing that if you eat a nice wide variety of plant-based foods, you'll get plenty of protein. So what do you think of all this paleo talk then? Because it seems like every single day I'm reading more and more paleo, paleo, paleo. And so what are your yeah. thoughts on that? Yeah, personally, um, I, I feel as though it's, it's too much meat. Um, I respect people that eat paleo. I've, I've looked at it, and I've, I've always, from the beginning, like I said, when I started to be healthy, I, I wanted to focus on plants. Um, and a lot of people that are paleo, actually, they, um, they do a lot of vegan meals, a lot of 
purely um, vegan meals. They just eliminate grains, and they eat a lot of vegetables. So, um, you know, paleo diet is not cut and dry, I feel like. Um, But when it comes down to the future of the planet and overall health, I just don't believe we need to have that much animal protein in our diet if one is looking at paleo as if they have to have steak and bacon every day, you know. Mm-hmm. And what about grains? There's so much confusion around grains, you know, not just gluten, but all grains, you know. Um, what are your thoughts about that, especially for people who are trying to keep their carbohydrate levels pretty low? Yeah, so grains, um, the thing about grains is that we're not soaking them a lot of times. So we're not breaking down the phytonutrients, um, and that that can be the issue. You know, in my opinion, if we soaked the grains and we sprouted them and we fermented them, even uh, to make bread w- with wheat, if the wheat was, you know, broken down the same way that almost we break down animals, right? Because they have defense mechanisms. They have teeth. They have claws. I believe that grains have uh, a defense me- mechanism as well, which are these phytonutrients that can cause us to be bloated and cause inflammation in the body. Um, so really it's the sprouting, soaking, and fermenting that we should be looking at before we assess whether we have a gluten allergy or we have bloating after eating grains, um, I just look at it the same way. I just, I do. And, and grains have that defense mechanism that, um, you know, they don't want to be eaten. <laughs> so that's, you know, this little secret defense mechanism they have is to make the animal, the human, bloated um, and eventually break down their, their digestive system so they will not destroy the, the crop. So, so interesting. So basically, yeah. I, I'm a little confused, but just uh, so the grains don't want to be eaten and they ultimately make us bloat. Is that what right. you're saying? Yeah, so <laughs> right. So I, I just really believe that Mother Nature gave everything a defense mechanism, right? And some things don't, don't affect us. Green leafy vegetables, first, they don't. Like there's, there's no negative side effects to eating them. Right, but not everything in nature is meant to be eaten, or meant to be just um, consumed in its in its uh, raw state. Mm-hmm. You know, so there's reasons why we can't just pick up rice and eat it raw. You know, so we just have why we can't just start chewing on you know a live animal because it will bite back. So it's it's really just looking at nature, looking at what it would be like if we were living in nature, as if uh, we were in our natural habitat and what would we have to do to survive? And I, I feel as though we should be looking at um, grains in that same way. Like they are not just, a, it's not just a free-for-all. We, we don't just eat anything we want. We have to look at what will it take for us to digest and absorb those nutrients from that food. Whether it's an animal, whether it's a grain, no matter what it is, we have to just realize that we're not, the, we're not superior in nature, you know, and we have to realize that, you know, there's things out there that can be toxic, they can make us bloated, they can really affect us because they also have a defense mechanism, just the same way that we do. And is that another thing that people should experiment with, you know, to see if, if how they react? Do we have, do different people react to eating grains differently than others, or is it a universal thing? Yeah, I, I mean, no, it's, it's, everyone is different, um, even myself. Uh, sometimes I would, would be bloated 
after eating rice and other times I wouldn't, you know. But I find when I soak or sprout or ferment or even roast these grains before I cook them, they seem to digest a lot better and a lot smoother. And that's that's just what seems to work. That's cool. So the issue of fruit comes up a lot. I know I get asked about fruit like every week. And I know mm-hmm. after that article, I think it said like, oh, Tom and Giselle don't eat fruit. So let's talk about fruit for a little bit. Is fruit okay or is fruit bad? And what's the story with it? Tom actually clarified afterwards that he doesn't like fruit. Um, so I, I just didn't say that he doesn't. I just said he doesn't like it. I, I, and they kind of put it in there like no fruit, like they're anti-fruit. Um, he just doesn't like it. So, But when it comes to fruit, um, I just feel like it should be eaten on, on an empty stomach. You wouldn't want to have something really sugary and full of fructose right after you've had a big meal of carbs and fat because it just kind of sits and it doesn't have really anywhere to go. So it's like the food combining with fruit, like fruit is amazing, has a lot of health benefits, but in my opinion, it's when you eat it, you know, you're eating it right after you just had a big dinner or you're eating it in the morning on an empty stomach. Um, That's the difference for me. So interesting. And again, interesting, is it that that's how it affects you or in general, are, are everybody going to be different with this? Is this something that some people are going to be more affected by the fructose in there? Or are there people going to be fine? Right. So you might feel the effects. So someone might be like, oh, you know, after I eat that bowl of watermelon after dinner every night, I have all these stomach pains and they just don't know why. You know, so for, for that person, I would suggest... Um, eating it in the morning and not eating it afterwards, see how you feel. No, it's just mm-hmm. about the digestive enzymes being taken up by the meal that you've just eaten and not having anything left to digest what you're putting on top of it. You know, so it's just about the food combining in general. But those are really just a rule of thumb when it comes to food combining. So much, so much to learn. Um, let's start talking about how we can be more efficient in the kitchen because, you know, we're trying to make these healthy meals. Some people are dealing with kids, you know, picky eaters, uh, working late, all this kind of stuff. And having a healthy meal at the end of the day is so really hard for people to pull it together sometimes. So let's start talking about that. What are some tips that people can use to be more efficient? I think the only way to really maintain a consistent meal plan and a diet is to plan ahead, you know, and just put it in your calendar right next to all your appointments and your job and soccer practice and all this stuff. It really needs to be a priority. Um, And if we look at it like an investment, like we're investing in our health and our body so we can do those other things, the job, the soccer practice, all that stuff better, we'll, we'll have a different perspective of it. You know, and once we make it priority status, we put it at the top of the list, then it's funny how we'll find room. You know, because sometimes people will come across, unfortunately, health issues, right? And they have to eat a certain way. They have to watch what they eat. They have to plan ahead. And sometimes it's only then that they will plan ahead. So I, I say don't wait for that to happen. Really plan ahead now. Set your menu. Buy in bulk prep your meals ahead of time. Um, that's just, but investing that time um, now is going to save in the long run. 
And what does that prepping ahead look like? Is that washing and chopping vegetables? Like how far, what, how far do we go with that prep? Let's say like on, on Sunday, if you work on Monday through Friday. So Sunday would be a pretty big day for you. You know, you'd shop that day. You'd maybe cook your grains and your, and your broth and your soups or whatever it is and cut all your vegetables and have your fridge stocked. You know, that's your home base. That's where you're going to nourish yourself from for the week. Uh, the same way that you're putting gas in your car or you paid your bills last month, you know, you sleep better at night knowing that your bills are paid, knowing that you have gas in the car to drive yourself to work in the morning. The same has to come to that fridge. Is that fridge stocked with the nutrients rather than the food, but the nutrients that I need to fuel me for the, for the next few days of the week? So, you know, pick a day, probably Sunday if you have a Monday through Friday um, job, and make that the big prep day. And then maybe you go back again on Wednesday or Thursday and you do, you do some more. But it's all about planning ahead. And so you have, like, your fridge filled with Tupperware of all your different veggies and fruits yeah. and all that kind of stuff. Yep. I have this this saying that you should merchandise your refrigerator like you would in a store. You know, eye level, put the things that yep. you want your kids to go snack on because they're not going to go digging in the drawer. So you right. got to use a little bit of creativity there to right. market it to your family. Uh, really cool. Now, how long do these foods last, though? Like, is your prep for, you know, three days or is it for the whole week? I mean, probably three days depending on how big your family is and um, what kind of food it is, of course. You don't have to cook all your vegetables on Sunday, but you can have them cut and washed and ready to go, you know. Um, so you're just going to play by air. I mean, every meal and every food will be different, but for the most part, food will last uh, up to, you know, three, three, three to five days. Okay, cool. Well, we're going to be going to a break very shortly. I'm talking with Alan Campbell, professional chef. We're learning tips for making meal planning easier. And I hope you callers will call in because this is a great opportunity to ask your questions on how you can eat to feel amazing and make it really easy in the process. So we'll see you shortly. Bye. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Are you a busy, stressed, and hungry go-getter who knows what to do to get healthier but has trouble doing it? The problem with popular diets is that they were designed for other people, not you. Sure, they might work for the short term, but for the longer term results, you need a plan designed specifically for your unique body and lifestyle. How about the stress in your life? Do you ever stop and take a deep breath? Do you know what all this stress is doing to your health? Healthy living strategist and author of Busy, Stressed, and Food Obsessed, Lisa Lutan will get you on your way with coaching, online courses and challenges, and even retreats. You will learn tips and strategies to help you calm down, get healthy, and make you feel and look better than ever. For a limited time, Lisa Lutan is offering a free 15-minute breakthrough session to help you get started feeling better right away. Just visit HealthyHappyAndHip.com to get your free 15-minute breakthrough strategy session. That's HealthyHappyAndHip. Yes, you heard it right. HealthyHappyAndHip.com and enter your info in the contact page. 
Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. You are listening to Busy, Stressed, and Food Obsessed. To reach the program today, please call 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. Feel like sending an email instead? Send it to Lisa at HealthyHappyAndHip.com. Now, back to Busy, Stressed, and Food Obsessed. Here again is Lisa Lutan. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the show. I'm talking with Alan Campbell, celebrity chef and former private chef of Tom and Giselle. And I did get a whole bunch of questions emailed to me over the break. So let's start with a few of these. Jean asks, actually, there's a multi-part question here. How much of Tom and Giselle's diet is raw? What do they avoid eating? And how often do they eat in a day? Um, I did explain this in the article that it's seasonal. Remember, it's, it goes from mostly raw in the spring and the summer, but more cooked in the in the fall and the winter, and primarily plant based. Mm-hmm. And how how many times in a day are they eating? It's the average, just like the average person: breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I don't know if there is an average person. I think that we live in a world where people are having six meals a day, four meals a day. So do they snack? Yeah, it's usually just the breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Yeah, so no, no snacking? Pretty regimented. Not much, no. Okay. Um, Ellen asks, do they ever have cheat days? Um, sure, yeah. Um, Sure, like when you're traveling and stuff, it might be more difficult, um, but not when I'm around. I like to really keep a strict, strict game <laughs> plan when I was around. Okay. Mary Ellen wants to know, what are your favorite spices and condiments, and what do you pair them with to keep food interesting and not get boring? I look at the spices that have the health benefits. I like turmeric. I like cumin. Turmeric and black pepper go really nice together. They complement each other really well because the black pepper makes the turmeric more bioavailable in the liver. So that's a really great pair that I try to use as much as I can. Um, a little bit of coriander here and there. Um, I love spice. A little bit of cayenne pepper, some red chili flakes. Garlic is great. I love garlic. Okay, Susan asks, what are your thoughts about olive oil? I love olive oil. I just use it uh, raw. I just don't cook with olive oil. I'll put it on salads, uh, finish some dishes with it, maybe like rice and beans, but I don't, um, I don't, I just don't cook with it. So do you cook with coconut oil or what else do you cook with? Yeah, coconut, sometimes avocado. Um, avocado oil? Yeah, avocado oil. Mm-hmm. Because of the heat, is I mean the high heat, is that why? Yeah, just because it's fully saturated, there's less. It's li- less likely to oxidize. So I just prefer to use the coconut and avocado. Okay. And then Brian asked, would love to know how long it takes for the body to get rid of toxins when transitioning to a diet 
like the TB12 has. Now, you you all need to explain what TB12 is first, and then we can answer that question. So TB12 is Tom's brand. TB is his initials and 12 is his number. So he's got a sports therapy center at Gillette Stadium that he provides um, sports therapy for various clients, all different ages. It's an amazing, amazing facility. And he, um, you know, he sells some different supplements and training equipment and, and things like that. And um, so as far as the toxins, um, I'm not a doctor, so I don't really know the, the science behind it. Um, they say uh, about, a, about a month, like if you wanted to give yourself a month to really see if something was working for you, um, maybe that would be my best advice. Okay, great. You know, one of the things I see that my clients struggle with all the time is balancing healthy eating with a social life. And not just the the going out to restaurants and eating, but the drinking and and all that. So what advice would you give them first about alcohol and second about eating healthy when you're eating in restaurants? Yeah, to be honest, it's kind of tough. It is. It's kind of tough um, up in Boston. On the West Coast, there seems to be a lot of options. In Boston, some places are providing options in the high end, more like social scenes. But, yeah, it is. It's tough. And um, I will eat before I go out sometimes. You know, I, I, I don't drink alcohol anyway, but those of you that do, it's, it's, it's a choice you have. And uh, I don't think it's going to hurt to have a drink every now and then. Um, but, I mean, it's just a matter of, like, looking at the whole week at once. And if it's just one, once a week or twice a week that you're going out, maybe having some food that's not so healthy and a drink, I, I just don't want to stress about it. But if it's more often, maybe it's something to look at. So should we be eating home more? And what happens to our social life if we do that? Yeah, the, I mean, I'm okay with going out and having soda water in mind and having just as much fun and conversation is, is someone that might be having a drink and just kind of flipping that idea that I need that social lubricant. Um, it's just all about our perception and do we really have to have a drink when we go out? I personally don't think that I, I, I know that I don't. Um, and sometimes just a matter of like, how bad do I want to stick to my diet and my meal plan and how, how, how regimented do I want to be? And how good do I want to feel? I run a program so yeah. called Take a Booze Snooze. And it's it's uh-huh. been really enlightening for me to see just how hard it is for people that it's so ingrained, you know, in their daily life and having not just one but a couple drinks. So I think that's a really big, huge thing for people. But, you know, yeah. just eating out, I really don't get it why these restaurants don't offer healthier choices. And so I'm wondering, is there a way that we can order? Now, since you worked in restaurants, like, is there some code words that we can tell yeah. our server, you know, a, a way to order food to make it a little bit healthier when we're out? Um. I suggest if you find a place that has healthy options and they're open to accommodating you, I would stick to that place. Because if you just go to any random place and you can kind of judge the menu and see if they've even thought of someone that's trying to be health conscious or not. You know, and if you can't sense that they have, you might not want to ask them to prepare something a special way. 
Um, if you do, you're just going to have to take your chances. Um, but I just find that it's, it's just nice to be a regular at a place and, you know, just be a little nicer to the waiter, the wait staff and the hostess and, you know, and just kind of let it be known that you're looking for a certain type of food and a good enough restaurant will always accommodate the guests. So is there is there a go-to order in a restaurant, like, you know, salad with salmon on top? Is that a healthy choice or is that um, questionable? Yeah. yeah, that's probably like looking for a salad. You know, hopefully they have an option in the, um, of, of a salad that is decent and you can just add a piece of fish to it. But mm-hmm. they're always open to something like that. Yeah, there's always options. I always find options. There's always a way. Sometimes it's just putting together side dishes, but there's just always a way. Sometimes I call a restaurant in advance, you know, I don't want to be that picky person who makes a fuss and I'll call them and say, okay, like I'm coming in, you know, what can you do for me? And I recommend that a lot to clients because, you know, there's a social pressure, you know, we want to do what's good for us, but for some reason we feel that we're being, you know, too high maintenance if we ask for what we want. You know, and I really do recommend that. And also another tip I love giving out is like, look at the menu and see what they have and then order what you really want, you know, using the ingredients on the menu. Like if they have avocado, you know, I always grab that avocado. Uh, Another topic near and dear to my heart is sugar. And, you know, sugar is just like in everything right now, you know. Not yeah. even just the obvious is, you know, the cakes and cookies, but in our breads and our salad dressings and our tomato sauce, you know, so how far do we have to go in terms of making our own food? Like, do we need to make our own tomato sauce or are there any packaged foods out there that are really acceptable for us? Um, I mean, there's, there's options now. It's just a matter of how much of a priority are those things in your meal plan, you know, and and if you're not eating any type of refined processed food during the week and then you want to have like a cupcake on the weekend or something, I just don't want to stress about it, you know? Um, a lot of us eat with, um, there's an emotional tie to food. You know, and sometimes people think, oh my God, I'm never going to be able to feel that the way I feel after I eat that donut on the weekend um, if, I, if I start eating this way. And it will discourage them from, you know, from maybe going down the path of healthy eating because they think that it's one way or the other. And so, of course, I'd, I'd rather have people stay away from all refined grains and white sugar and white flour and, and these things. But at the same time, um, sometimes those foods are nostalgic and you go to grandma's house on the weekend or whatever it is and, and she makes this cake and you're like, and she really, you guys bond over this cake that she makes. Just have a piece of cake, you know. Have it <laughs> don't that. sweat so that's it. That's how I feel. Yeah, that's how I feel. I just, I do. I don't. I'm not so strict that I, I kind of become the buzzkill at the family dinner table because I won't eat things, and it just puts people in an uncomfortable situation, especially if they're not. Um, like I didn't grow up eating this way, and nobody in my family really eats the way I do, so. I just try to keep that in mind, too, you know. So when you go home for, like, Thanksgiving, do you eat what everybody else is eating, or do you, like, bring your own food? I have brought my own food, and it's kind of insulting, you know, a little bit. It's a little bit insulting. Some people, um, so I just try to, you know, be open. If someone knows I'm coming, they'll have an option. Or maybe I'll bring a side dish, and it'll be something that I can eat. Or I'll eat before I go. (laughs) 
I think those are great tips for everybody, you know, with all the holidays coming up, like eat before you go a little bit, you know, save some room, but also bring a side dish. You know, there are definitely ways that we can help make it easier, you know, in this thing. But unfortunately, we have a few minutes, but I'd love you to just touch upon mindful eating because I know that that's something that is really important to you, not just what we're eating, but how we are eating it. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, mindful eating is really important to me. Um, I meditate pretty regularly, and I really, I know there's a physiological change that happens when we're mindful when we eat. Just looking at when we're stressed when we're eating, our body has a higher level of cortisol, causes us to go into fat storing mode, the nutrients don't get absorbed the right way or efficiently at all. And on the other side of that, if we're just more mindful when we're eating, we're present, we're thinking about the food, we're thinking about how it's going to nourish our body, we're probably more likely to make better decisions about what we're going to eat. You know, because if we're trying to be mindful about eating fast food, that thought, that thought might not last too long. <laughs> you know, so I just, maybe it's kind of a tricky way to get you to eat healthier is to t- tell you to be mindful when you're eating. Think about the food. Think about how it's going to nourish your body. Where did it come from? The hard work that went into that food and putting it on your plate. Gratitude. All these different thoughts, that thought process while we're eating is just really going to help the body absorb those nutrients. I I am a big fan of mindful eating. And there's one thing I'll add to that is who are you actually eating with and are you really present with them when you're eating? Because, you know, so many times now we're on our phone, we're reading the paper that we can have somebody across the table and they don't even feel our presence with them. I know. (laughs) Right? So, Alan, yeah, how can so people true. reach you if they have any questions or if they want to learn more about you? So, my website is alancampbell.com. If anybody has any questions, um, yeah, my Instagram is uh, at com. I have recipes, not .com, at chefalancampbell. I have recipes. I post a lot of pictures and stuff like that with recipes all the time. So, that's the best way to get me. Great, great. Oh, I love food pictures. I actually have an Instagram for Healthy Happy and Hip, but then my daughter told me that my pictures weren't pretty enough. And so I don't think I'm going to do that anymore. You will not get any likes. (laughs) I I won't get enough likes that way. Um, Thank you for joining us today, Alan. It's been such a pleasure. And I really, I could talk to you all day about this stuff because as you could see, I am definitely busy, stressed and food obsessed. And I think that, you know, really talking to other people about this is just really reaffirming and wonderful. So thank you for joining the show today. Everybody, thank you listeners. This is Lisa Lutan. I am the author of Busy, Stressed and Food Obsessed. My website is www.healthyhappyandhip.com. That's healthyhappyandhip.com. You can uh, go to my website. You can see about my upcoming programs with food, meditation, stress, and sign up for my newsletter while you're there because I send you lots of interesting info. And also, like I said earlier, drop me a note. I, I do love to talk about this stuff. I love to brainstorm and strategize and figure out what's holding you back from feeling your best, eating your best, um, and living your best life. So thanks again. And have a great day.
hope you've enjoyed today's episode on busy, stressed, and food obsessed. Did you get some great ideas from today's show? Join Lisa Lutan again next Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time and 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have a great week.